You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Odds for Durant's next destination, Alex. Here is the latest update as of Wednesday evening. Phoenix Suns now at plus 130, the Brooklyn Nets at plus 250, and the Toronto Raptors at plus 380. Those are the easy top three. And you have the Heat and the Warriors tied at plus 1,400 odds as well. So, Alex, what's your first reaction to hearing those top five? Because in my opinion, the Suns open at minus 200. Now to get them at plus money, this, this kind of feels like to be the perfect time if you're a better to throw money out on the Suns because now you're getting at, at the best price possible at plus money. But what would you, how would you read that? Yeah, I agree with that. That makes sense. It still feels like Phoenix kind of has a, a good, you know, they're, they're looking pretty good still. I think the longer this drags out, though, I could see it kind of, you know, getting worse for Phoenix because DeAndre Ayton could go sign an offer sheet somewhere. Um, you know, he obviously has to agree to a sign and trade too. So, I think uh, if this does drag out into the season, like some people have, you know, predicted, I know Shams, Winhurst, there's been a number of people saying that, you know, the Nets might bring these guys back and let this play out in the season or at least wait another month or two. I think that could be bad for a team like Phoenix, whereas there's other teams out there like a Toronto that has assets that, you know, they could potentially up their offer down the road. If the Nets are basically saying, hey, we're going to wait until the season and we think these offers are going to improve and a team like Toronto will budge on a Scotty Barnes, I know Mark Stein today said New Orleans uh, has not been willing to give up Brandon Ingram, but that's what the Nets want. You know, if they feel like, hey, one of these teams, whether it's Toronto or New Orleans uh, or even Phoenix, I mean, we're not sure if Phoenix has put everything on the table. If they feel like the offers are going to improve, they could drag this thing into the season. And that, I think, would be bad for Phoenix because then DeAndre, and unless they re-sign him, which seems unlikely, uh, it seems like all the reports that are out there are that you know, Aiton's going to move on either in a sign trade or an offer sheet somewhere. I think that's tough for them because that kind of takes that asset away that they could use in the sweepstakes right now. So I think it's interesting that, you know, the odds are the, the Suns are kind of headed in the wrong direction and the odds. Uh, I like Toronto as a dark horse. I think they have so many assets. Uh, they have all their picks going forward. So they're definitely an attractive team in the sweepstakes. The question is how much are they willing to give up? Um, I think it's very, very interesting, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Because you've been kind of tracking the odds all along. Are, if you, I know a lot of Suns fans saw your tweet and were kind of panicking. What do you make of that movement? And are you worried if you're a Suns fan? I would be just a little bit because I feel like if the Suns had the best offer on the table, we would already know by now. And I think we'd be already be closing in on a deal because Kevin Durant, as Brian Windhorst mentioned, the whole entire idea for Kevin Durant requesting a trade a couple hours before free agency was to help the Phoenix Suns try to get offers better for DeAndre Ayton via sign and trade. That's what Brian Windhorst mentioned on the Who Collective podcast. And I have no reason to doubt Brian there. So I do believe that ultimately Kevin Durant wants the Phoenix Suns and the Suns do want Kevin Durant. 
But the question is, the whole wrench in this that I wrote about on Basketball News, Alex, is that DeAndre Ayton and his market kind of directly ties into Kevin Durant. The longer we hear with no DeAndre Ayton news, I think it's because he's directly correlated to what happens with Kevin Durant. So it's kind of interesting how the biggest free agency domino and the biggest overall domino in the NBA marketplace right now with Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton have combined together into one huge domino, Alex. But it's kind of where we are right now. It's kind of maybe the Nets know the Suns offer isn't the best one they can get, but they know Kevin Durant wants the Suns. And maybe the Suns know at this point they have to go try to find the best offer they can for DeAndre to help their own package. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm curious. Uh, I feel like the Suns kind of gotten lucky here because entering when, whenever this news broke, we were on Twitter spaces and we said, wow, who's going to beat the Suns offer of Aiden Bridges, Cam Johnson and draft picks. Now, obviously, the Suns are going to want to try to keep Bridges or Johnson if they can. Uh, but we were basically saying, like, hypothetically, this draft package looks the best or I'm sorry, this trade package looks the best. And uh but I feel like the Suns got unlucky because they kind of found like the one team that uh, doesn't want DeAndre Ayton uh, in a sign and trade. It seems like they're not valuing Mikhail Bridges like they do Scotty Barnes or Brandon Ingram based on Stein's report. They view those guys as centerpieces of a deal, but they didn't have Bridges mentioned in that conversation. So it's interesting because I think there's a lot of teams that would have jumped at that offer to be able to land, you know, a package including those guys, but for some reason Brooklyn doesn't seem that interested in in Phoenix's offer, at least based on you know what we're kind of what's been reported, what's kind of out there. Um, it seems like they kind of like the Toronto idea or you know New Orleans idea a bit more. Um, now it could be Phoenix isn't offering their best package yet, and they could still improve things and add more players in down the road. We'll see. But I, I think if I'm a Suns fan, I'm really worried about the possibility of Aiton signing an offer sheet with a team like Indiana or Utah, because that would really kind of throw a wrench in things. Uh, what do you think about that possibility? Yeah. I mean, if that happens, the Suns are screwed just to put it simply, Alex, because they would have to match at that point or just let DeAndre walk for free and they can't use him until December in any sort of trade. So they'd be handcuffed at that point and hope that Kevin Durant drags us into the season because I can't imagine just Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson expiring contracts plus they're all their draft picks being enough at that point. You'd have to have more assets coming in from somewhere for whatever you can get because DeAndre had to be that missing piece, in my opinion, Alex. So th- that's where I lean here. I want to ask you as well about Toronto because they come in here at plus 380 odds. They were they were all the way up at plus 250 yesterday. Now they're back on the plus 380. Now as the Nets continue to rise up and up with the odds of him coming back, more and more realistic as they might be trying to drag us out into a stalemate. But with Toronto, I think I'm thinking about writing a story about this, but I don't know exactly how because I feel like it's a really interesting debate. And I kind of be fun to talk about on the show here. What's your opinion of Scotty Barnes and Kevin Durant if you're in Toronto's position? Are you willing to get the guy that's almost 15 years younger that just won Rookie of the Year for one of the greatest players of all time? Are you betting on Scotty Barnes to be a consistent 10 time All Star, Alex? Or are you willing to give up maybe Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent and filler salary and picks to go get Kevin Durant. What what would you do in that situation? Yeah, I think I would. It's really tough because you really have to weigh, okay, if we bring Durant in, are we a legitimate championship contender? I I think it depends what they have to give up in in addition to Barnes. Uh, If it's Barnes and then filler and draft picks, I think I would do it. Um, If they're asking for, I think Nikias Duncan wrote uh, during his article about, you know, different trade packages uh, for KD you know, he had basically mentioned Barnes, Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, 
Trent and said they have all these assets. You know, does Brooklyn ask for two of them? Do they ask for three of them? It obviously depends on which names are included. You know, if it's a Siakam or a Barnes, then that's a little bit different. If it's OG, Trent, and Van Vliet, you know, do you give up three? It's really interesting. And, you know, if depending on how much you give up, you have to wonder if there's enough still left over to contend for a championship. And that would be the obviously goal if you're trading for a guy like Kevin Durant. So I think I would give up Barnes. Um, you know what you're getting with Kevin Durant. He was dominant last season. Now it is a bit concerning that he's about to turn 34 years old. Um, but we've seen with Kawhi, this team was able to win a championship by inserting him. And this core was talented around him. We know Masai can find those uh, pieces around the edges to kind of put you know, fill the roster out and put the right talent around a, a, a championship core. So I think I would do it. Um, but, and, and you get him for four years too. It'd be, it'd be different if you're talking about Kevin Durant as a rental who can leave after this season, but he's on a multi-year, you know, four years left on his contract. So you get a few shots at this too. It's not like it's all in on this season. So I think I would do it, but I totally understand the Raptors starting talks by saying we're not including Scotty Barnes and trying to keep him on board because I get wanting to, you know, build your franchise around this guy going forward. He was phenomenal last season. Entering last season, everyone thought he was going to be this raw prospect that needs time to develop. He, you know, didn't even start in college and didn't put up crazy numbers at Florida State. And then all of a sudden the dude's dominating early in his career and like basically took off from day one in the NBA. So uh, he's a phenomenal prospect, but I think I... I would be very tempted to give him up. I, I think, you know, it's interesting though. There's not many executives. Actually, there's no executive that I trust more to handle the situation perfectly than Masai though. I think Masai is going to do the right thing. He tends to pull off these trades where you're just stunned with the return. So that's another reason why I'm a bit concerned if I'm a Suns fan, like the other team that you're competing with has Masai in all these trade assets, you know, attractive trade chips, all their first round picks. That's where... I'm seeing Toronto rise the rankings and I'd be a little bit concerned just because your competition is arguably the best executive in the NBA. What I think is a really interesting negotiate negotiation tactic that I think Brooklyn might be pulling here because we don't know for sure if Toronto is seriously pursuing Kevin Durant, if they're actually putting all these assets on the table or not. And maybe the Nets know how much assets the Raptors have and they're kind of squeezing the suns out of what they can because I would not be stunned with how frugal James Jones has been in the past with his assets that trying to rebuild this team that he's probably not including right now, both of McHale Burrs and Cam Johnson, because those guys have been so valuable the last two or three years to the Suns team that I would not be stunned. That's on the table. But I think Alex, at this point, I think Sean Marks and the Nets are going to be known from the Suns side of things. You're going to need to give up everything you possibly can. You're going to have to gut your whole team. And I don't, do you think James Jones is comfortable with that, Alex? Because I feel like it's different with Toronto because I could see them not getting up Scotty Barnes because you can you believe he could be a Kevin Durant type of star down the road if you truly believe that. But with the Suns, Devin Booker is a star player, but he's not a Kevin Durant little player, in my opinion. And Suns fans that are listening, I'm not saying Kev, that Devin Booker is not a superstar, but he's not on the level of Durant just yet, in my opinion, for sure. But I, I wanted to see – I think the window for the Suns is right now. The Raptors' window – is the next 10 plus years of Scotty Barnes. So I think with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, especially entering his age 38 season, I think they're, the Nets are kind of squeezing the Suns out of giving up their whole future here because they know the time is now for this window with them. Because even if Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are around past Chris Paul, you're talking about a guy with Kevin Durant at that point is 37, 38 years old. I think if there were only, you know, a couple teams that were in the mix for a player like Kevin Durant, you could probably say, 
uh, let's try to only give up one of Bridges or Cam Johnson. But I think a player like Durant, who is going to draw a ton of interest from a number of different teams, like we're talking about Toronto as the main one. Miami's been mentioned, but they probably don't have the assets. But New Orleans, there's a number of teams that can get in the mix here and offer a ton. So I think it's going to be really hard for Phoenix to acquire him without giving up both Bridges and Cam Johnson, especially if Brooklyn doesn't want DeAndre Ayton, which has been reported from multiple people. If you're trying to get back assets in an Ayton sign and trade and then flip those assets to Brooklyn, we've seen what sign and trades typically return. You're basically getting pennies on the dollar for a player. So you can try to get, you know, something back from Ayton, but it's not going to be this amazing return that, you know, solves this issue, I don't think. You know, you could do a three-team deal and maybe throw an extra pick uh Brooklyn's way uh maybe get a young player and throw Brooklyn's way but I don't think they're going to get a ton back in a sign and trade especially with what we've seen recently with Aiden's value it seems like the the market isn't really there like we expected for Aiden so uh part of that is because centers are kind of the new running backs which you wrote a great article about that uh earlier in the offseason uh actually about Aiden and, and kind of pointing that out that we've seen centers don't have the kind of value that we they have in past years and I think there's also some concerns about Aiton in terms of his motor and energy and, and those things too. So I would not be surprised if um, they're not able to get a ton back in a sign trade. So I think that makes it even more important that Phoenix offers Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, you're right. It could be a no- negotiation tactic that, you know, they're involving the Raptors because they have all these assets and first round picks. So it's a great person to, or a great team to kind of uh, prop up as a, as a bidding war partner <laughs> against Phoenix. But I don't know. I just think uh, it's Kevin Durant. So I I think the Nets understandably want a ton back. And I think their feeling is that if they wait this thing out, even if they start the season with KD uh, on the roster, that one of these teams, whether it's Toronto, uh, Phoenix, if they're not willing to give one or, you know, both of those guys or New Orleans or some team we're not even talking about is going to budge and give them that crazy offer, you know, that, that, uh, they feel comfortable taking. I, I do think this is going to be one of the biggest returns in NBA history as far as trades go, just because not only is it an MVP caliber player like Kevin Durant who can make you a championship contender overnight, it's the fact that he has four more years on his contract. We're not talking about a rental or, hey, we might be able to re-sign this guy. He can force his way to a certain team and say, I'm not going to re-sign with certain teams. The fact that he has four years left on his deal and is clearly still in the prime of his career, it's going to be I think the biggest trade package in NBA history that we've seen. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John Morant's poster dunk, NBA Top Shots were the greatest moments from NBA history are turned to officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shots evolved trading cards by making it easier to buy, sell, and collect by removing the hassle of grading, shoeboxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from stars like Evan Mobley and Kate Cunningham, or even former stars like Shaquille O'Neal and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite teams to gain access to exclusive perks as well. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. Again, that's about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the action right now. I totally agree with you. I think we're going to be seeing a historic package and these Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray trade dogs are not helping out the cause for teams interested. Kevin Durant. Before we wrap up the show, I just wanted to throw some late odds at you as far as some potential Kevin Durant destinations. I was thinking on the fly as you were talking there, what could be a team like we saw with the Pacers way back when with Paul George 
when he asked out and the Thunder came out of nowhere and got him for Demonis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. What is a team out there, in your opinion, that could be this version of the Thunder that we saw for Paul George way back when in 2017? Because to me, I'll start it off here first, and I'll get out the odds here. And it, you don't have the fullest in front of you, so if you give out the team, I'll give you the odds here yeah. if you once you give it out. But for me, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go with the LA Clippers at plus 4500. And the, the reason why I'm saying that market size, LA, it's a huge obvious market for Kevin Durant to build his brand. It's a, an obvious contender with Kawhi Leonard. I'm leaving out one name here, Alex, because I think the Clippers should consider Paul George for Kevin Durant. What is your thought on that opinion? Interesting. I think that's very interesting, um, especially with like the reports that have come out that the Nets want win now pieces because they don't own any of their first round picks. So they can't really tank and just go full rebuild. That would give them, you know, an all star level player, which is reportedly what they want. So that's very interesting. Uh, trying to build around Kawhi and Kevin Durant going forward. Um, I, I don't know. I think Paul George is pretty beloved there. He's played really well in recent years. Um, and it's funny because we think it was a few, you know, not long ago that we saw he returned a crazy package with a bunch of first round picks. So to give up that, that guy for Kevin Durant would be pretty interesting, but what are the odds for them? I'm curious. Plus 4,500. They come in well down the board here around like 19th best odds, but one of those teams, like in that mid, like the mid odds range, like plus four, 40, 4,000 plus 7,000, like, one of these teams out of nowhere, because I, I I can't imagine what the what the Thunder and the Pacers were way back when when that deal happened for Paul George. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't hate them as a flyer. I, I think obviously you'd want to clear with Kawhi Leonard because they kind of came to LA together and they're Good pretty point. close, and uh, you wouldn't want to upset Kawhi. Um, so I, I think that would be interesting to check with. But um, I don't hate it. it. It's pretty interesting to to think about, you know, what that team would look like. And certainly that would be a really scary core. And I mean, Paul George is not much younger. He's 32 years old. So and he um, has injury concerns too, just like KD. Yeah, yeah. That's actually really interesting. I like that as like a, a late flyer. Uh, I have to, I, two teams came to mind. So I don't know what the odds are here. Um, New Orleans, as I mentioned, because they do have the assets, you could build a package around a Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion Williamson uh, obviously just signed his big deal, but if this thing stretched out, uh, they have the assets where they could potentially get something done. Uh, and then the two other teams that I thought of, or, or the other team I thought of, was the Portland Trailblazers because they've been so aggressive and they want to put pieces next to Damian Lillard. They wouldn't be a contender right away, but again, this is a four-year deal. We know Dame is already pushing for it by posting the uh, Photoshop of him and Katie and Blazers jerseys on Instagram. Um, so they're an interesting team because they've been so aggressive in, in different trade talks and things. I don't know if they have the assets to get it done, but I do think they're a team that would be interested in and potentially pursue him. Uh, where are those teams as far as the odds go? Yeah, actually, they're much higher on the list here. The Blazers are actually at plus 2,000, which is the sixth best odds for Kevin Durant. And then right behind them is the Pelicans at plus 2,200 with the seventh best odds. The Bulls are right between them at six. Okay, so let me try to think of one that's like more of a dark horse. Where's Washington? Washington comes in here. That's a really good one. Let me see. Plus 7,000. Okay. So I like them as a flyer because again, we know that they want to put a piece. It's kind of like the Blazers situation. They want to put a star next to Bradley Beal, um, who by the way, has a no trade clause, which is very interesting. And I'm sure you'll talk about that in future. Nothing but bets episodes. We don't have to derail this conversation, but um, they'll want to put a star next to Bradley Beal. They have young players and assets. Um, and we recently saw Tommy Shepard came out and said that he's a swing for the fences kind of guy. He said that he came up under Jerry West and Jerry West taught him. If you have a chance to go land a star player, 
you swing for the fence, you make big swings, you do that, you pounce on those opportunities. So he's he's said, you know, made statements like that that suggest that he's star hunting. We saw earlier this offseason they had called about uh DeJounte Murray. They had called about uh, Gildas Alexander. So they're calling about star players and trying to land a star alongside Bradley Beal. Um, we know that, you know, KD has the connection, uh, you know, to that area. Um, you know, he's from that area. So it's pretty interesting. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if I had to take some kind of late flyer, uh, I would not hate that possibility. And again, did they become a contender right away? Maybe not, but you have them for four years. So you you say, okay, we basically have a foundation of Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and then you go from there and try to put pieces around them. Let me throw one more your way because we could be doing this all night with Kevin Durant. I don't want to keep you all night here, Alex, but one more I had, and I was thinking it in my head, and I did the salaries on the Fansbo trade machine. It's actually an identical match, which I found just really intriguing. No, no inside speculation there, but this is a really fun fit, in my opinion. And it's the Denver Nuggets with Kevin Durant. And that is at plus 4,500 odds. And I'm giving up in this scenario here, Alex, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter for Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. I like that. That was one of the teams that came up during our Twitter spaces when this news first dropped. And the thought was, you know, they'd be a contender right away. They have new front office that, you know, is going to try to put their own fingerprints on this organization and be aggressive. Uh, They have the assets, you would think, especially if Brooklyn is saying they want win now pieces. Which, by the way, it's so strange that that's what they're looking for. Jake Fisher reported that, that, you know, they don't want young talent and draft picks as much as they do, you know, win now pieces. Now, I'm sure they're going to ask for a lot of draft picks, too, but they want to remain competitive. So if that's the case, then you're looking at a team like Denver and their package looks much more appealing uh, compared to some of these other teams that, you know, might be thrown out there as a possibility. Um it's in, there's another team that comes to mind and they're a total long shot, but they, they also came up during our Twitter spaces, the Houston Rockets. And the only reason that we talked about them, because I think like I'm looking at it now, the odds they're like in last place, right? 6,000. Yeah. They're at 26. So they're, they're way down there. But the, the thought process was that they own all of Brooklyn's picks. So that would probably be very appealing to Brooklyn if they could get their draft picks back so they could tank. It would basically, instead of them having to just wait until, you know, years down the line to finally tank and be able to go for, you know, top lottery picks, they could get their own picks back. And instead of having to go for these win now players, they would be able to control their own destiny a bit and, you know, rebuild and just go young and, and tank a bit. But I don't think Houston would do that just because that's totally different from where they're at as far as the timeline of their players. Like it would be like LeBron joining that Cavs team with all those young pieces. And then you're trying to trade guys for a Kevin Love and, you know, hope Kyrie and Deion Waiters step up. Like it would be a mess, but it's interesting from the pick perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think this Kevin Durant situation just opens up a whole can of worms where, the value we're going to see is historic and just seeing Rudy Gobert and DeJounte Murray, those trades happen with all the unprotected picks on top of that. It's going to be a massive haul that we see for Kevin Durant. If the nets actually do move him because the odds are moving a lot more towards the nets. They were at plus 2000, I believe three days ago. Now it's on a plus 250, the second best odds for Kevin Durant's team in 2022, 2023. But Alex, I appreciate coming on the show today. If you haven't already folks, go ahead and follow Alex on Twitter. Go ahead and follow his work over on basketballnews.com and go ahead and follow us here on nothing but bets. We're with you guys three days per week in the off season, giving you guys the latest NBA betting content. But Alex, in the meantime, thanks again for having me on the show tonight. I imagine we're going to be heading back on again sometime soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm sure I'll be back in three days to talk about the Kevin Durant situation again. It feels like 
every three, four days we're jumping on here and talking about it. I'm sure by next week there'll be like five or six different teams that are just out of nowhere uh, rising at the odds. So we'll see. Absolutely. Everyone appreciate you listening in on tonight's episode. We'll be back to you guys next time for nothing but bets.